It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we are helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Each and every week, I am glad to be with you. I am your host, as well as one of the certified financial planners on the show. My name is Mike Bernard. Across from me, founder of Corhorn Financial Group, Kevin Corhorn. Between us, our friend and colleague, Josh Gregory. Hey, if you're like most people, you don't go through the whole year thinking about the tax ramifications of every financial decision that you make. Taxes are a once a year concern, right? Sure. Wrong, wrong, (laughs) Michael. (laughs) No, we're continuing our series uh, today, this week, on the most important financial decisions you make in your life, and we're focusing on those that impact your taxes. Which is timely because it's tax season, so this should be top of mind, but like Josh said, throughout the year you're doing things making decisions with your money and it actually impacts your taxes we're talking about all that today if you have a question for the show we would love to hear from you you can reach out to us in a few different ways you can call or text us 574-222-2000 call or text 574-222-2000 if you have any questions we'd love to hit them on an upcoming show you can find us online wisemoneyradio.com Catch up on all the previous episodes right there. Hit the blog as well, or leave a question right there on the right. And lastly, social media, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, at Wise Money Radio. You can catch every episode right there on YouTube. Hope you're watching it right now. So as Josh said, for the past couple of weeks, and actually for the next few weeks, we're going to be in this series about what are what are the real issues, what are the real choices that you have to make in your financial life in all six areas of your financial life. You know that there are six areas to your financial life, Josh, is Kevin's mind. And what are the biggest financial decisions that you have to make in each of those? What's interesting about today's topic, as we talk about taxes, is most of the time you're making decisions with your money and you're not conscious about how they're impacting your tax return. So should you save up more into your health savings account? Well, usually that's just a cash flow decision or a medical decision. Nope, that's a tax decision. So we're going to talk through all of those, make them raise that uh, those issues to the surface. An obvious place to start if you're talking about the most important financial decisions that impact your taxes is whether you should do a traditional deductible 401k or IRA or a Roth, after-tax Roth IRA or 401k. You know, I'm, I'm glad that we're starting with this concept because I don't think most people fully appreciate how important it is to use tax shelters in their financial life, much less, you know, pick the right one. Oh, yeah. Right? And uh, I, I was actually talking to one of our financial advisors uh, earlier this week. He brought in a, a new client. He was excited to be working with them. Uh, they, they seemed to be really delightful people. And he was talking about how much potential that they have to really make great progress in their financial life. But he was sharing that they had one major regret. And it was the same regret that everybody has when they come in to, to work with a financial advisor at first. They wish they had come sooner. That's right. 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 Um, 
But for them, their regret had more zeros on it because mm. years earlier, they had taken a major withdrawal from one of their retirement accounts, got hit with the taxes, and now they were ready to start saving again. And I, I made the comment to him, I bet they never would have realized how long it would be before they would get going again. When they paused their savings and they took that withdrawal, they took the hit, I'm sure at that time they weren't thinking to themselves, uh, you know, oh, we'll get to it eventually. No, they were, they were intending to get going again. Yeah. And so they were coming in to talk to him about which of these retirement plans they should use. Mm-hmm. So it's the very question that you just brought up. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought to myself, though, how much more important is it not which of the tax shelters they were going to use, but the behavior of staying in an investment plan. Get started, stay the course. That's right. That's right. So they could have picked the wrong one over the past five or 10 years and would have been better off because they would have not broken the habit of saving. Right. So if you are in the accumulation phase right now and you are not accumulating, what we would encourage you to do is to take action. So what's the accumulation phase from, right from your <laughs> from from your very first job until you retire? You are accumulating, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And for, for many of you, even in retirement, if you've structured it correctly in the early years, you're still accumulating. It needs to be that way because you're going to live a long, long time. Right. So so you want to have clarity and you want because we're talking today about taxes and tax planning and should I use a 401k? Should I use the Roth component of my 401k? Should I and and people think well this this is the you know these the 401k is my most powerful wealth building tool and it isn't your most powerful wealth building tool is your income yeah your ability to earn money and then the habits the decisions that you make with that money right and 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 then a lot of times once people get some pretty good momentum and get a couple hundred thousand dollars saved they think still my most powerful wealth building tool is the market yeah. and and what is the market going to do for me this year? And lots of folks have been asking, what's the market going to do? What is the market going to do? Hey, listen, I am not a weatherman, right? <laughs> weathermen predict. We don't predict. We don't. We follow a set of guiding principles. If you want to be a great investor, you follow a set of guiding principles. But, but uh, at the risk of getting caught in the weeds, let's go back to what we're talking about, which is taxes and tax planning. And one of the components, after you've set your goals, you have your budget, you're harnessing the power of your most powerful wealth building tool, which is your income, mm-hmm. where should it go? Yeah. That's the question. Well, and it's a tax question as you framed it. Right? Most most people do approach it as an investment question. Yeah. What's that Roth? What are your Roth IRAs paying? What are they earning? Right, but it's a tax question. You can actually invest in the same thing, whether it's in your IRA, which is pre-tax, or your Roth IRA. Just to level the playing field, and then let's get into it. The pre-tax, it's going to help you on your taxes today. You're going to you're going to get a deduction on whatever you contributed into your account. Hopefully, it's invested and it's growing. You're not going to have to pay tax on that growth every year. But then when you withdraw it, you're going to have to pay tax on that money just like you earned it out there when you withdraw it. If you're not yet 59 and a half, you have to pay a penalty as well. With the Roth, though, Roth IRA, Roth 401k, it's almost just the opposite. The contributions you make today do not help you on your taxes. It's after tax. It's growing, hopefully, and you're not paying tax as it grows. And then when you withdraw it, 
if you're if you're 59 and a half you withdraw and you're not paying tax on that growth so that's how it works let's well th- so the heart of the decision here between the traditional IRA and the Roth IRA is the timing of when you're going to pay tax on that income mm-hmm. and th- th- that's an important concept because the whole goal here is to time when you pay your taxes to be the lowest tax bite possible it's th- think of this have have you ever been out shopping you're driving to the store and it starts raining and you have a decision to make, right? Do you wait and hope that it blows over or are you just going to make a run for it and get soaked? Go home. Don't spend the money. That's Good point. The That's what Amazon is for, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the point, though, is j- just like you have to decide, hey, am I going to make a run for it or do I think that there will be a more of a drizzle coming down the road? Is now the time to pay your taxes and then let it ride in a Roth IRA, or should you postpone and hope for a better day down the road? That's how a traditional IRA works. Right, because Joshua is explaining the game. What is the game? The game is I want to pay the least amount of taxes over my lifetime. Over my lifetime. So it's the long game. It's not the short game. So when I'm sitting in traffic in Chicago and it's and Waze is saying, take the express lane. So I'm sitting and I'm waiting and all of the, the, the other lanes are moving uh, fairly quickly, and the, the line to get into the express lane is stop and go. And I'm thinking, what does this computer know? Why am I waiting? Why am I sitting, stop and go, to get into the express lane? But it, shortly after getting into the express lane, it opened up, and man, did we express down the road. And I'm looking at all of the vehicles that have been passing us, and we we, we buried them. <laughs> uh, not not that all of life is a competition. Yes, it is. So if it is, this is the game, right? Yeah. Pay as l- the lowest amount of taxes I can over my lifetime. And you'll have to make that decision each and every year because your tax picture changes each year. This year, it's now different. We've been in a very low tax environment for the past decade, and now it just got lower. There's another big decision you have to make that's tied, it's harnessed in this same issue, and that is should you do a Roth conversion? We've got that and more tax decisions you need to make coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Should you be contributing money into your Roth IRA? You hear us talk about it all the time. Or is it better for you to get the deduction today and go pre-tax with your 401k and IRA contributions? That's that's the question on the docket. And we're already fired up. So this is we got a lot more coming up. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard next to Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn in the KFG studios. Thanks for being with us today. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene as well as First State Bank for making the Wise Money Show possible. If you have any questions, do me a favor. Go to wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit a question right there on the right. It's going to come directly to me. If it's a question or even if it's just a comment or a little controversy, I'm inviting you. Take the step right now. Send it in. If you have a question or a complaint, something like that, but you're not able to get online, give a, give us a call, 574 Two 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 thousand. 
All right, we are talking about the most important decisions that you make in your financial life that impact your taxes, and we're starting with the biggest one, and that is, should you do pre-tax IRA contributions or 401k contributions or Roth IRA and Roth 401k contributions? Go ahead, Josh. Well, I was just going to say, to me, uh, as we said in the last segment, this is a it's a tax question, and how do you minimize what your tax bill will be over your lifetime? If you are in a high tax bracket today, compared to where you believe you will be in the future, those are the circumstances when using a traditional IRA can make some sense because it gives you tax savings now when those tax savings are more valuable to you because you're in such a high tax bracket. And then you are postponing the tax to pay at another day when hopefully the tax bite will be smaller. That's mm-hmm. the spirit behind a traditional IRA. Tax arbitrage, if you will. Yeah. Again, the long game is I want to pay as little as I can in taxes over my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times people say, because Mike, you're almost framing it as an either or. Do I fund my pre-tax 401k or traditional deductible IRA versus my Roth IRA? And I would tell people, think along the lines, you can fund both. Mm -hmm. So you can fund a retirement plan at work if you've got a simple IRA, if you've got a 401k, 403b, what what have you. Those are subject to certain limits per year. So you, you deal with those limits, but then you also can fund an IRA. Here's one of the scenarios that we love, and we see this all the time, where given your situation and your retirement goals, but certainly your income, fully fund your pre-tax 401k. Put as much money as you can into that thing. But a lot of you out there have been saving up money into an investment account that's just what's called a non-qualified or it's just a joint account. And it's not, it doesn't have any tax shelter to it at all. So if you need, because you have high income today and your taxes are high, if you need that deduction, fully contribute to your pre-tax 401k. But then begin shifting money from that joint account, contributing it to your Roth each year. You can do 5,500 or 6,500 depending on your age. And even if you love the investments, a lot of people come in, they have that joint account because they love that investment. They liked Apple or they liked this mutual fund and or maybe a financial advisor some, some way in your past said you should fund this thing. But if you like that investment, you'll like it better in the Roth IRA. Yeah, so I would think about funding a Roth IRA every year if you could. And you say, well, what determines whether I can or not? You have to have earned income. Yep. I have met with the most amazing, intelligent folks that don't spend their life doing what we do. And this sweet couple came in in their mid-50s and we looked and they didn't have any Roth IRAs. And they were perfect candidates to have been funding Roth IRAs for the past 15 years. And so I said, so tell me about your understanding of the Roth IRA and have you ever considered a Roth IRA? And she looked at me and said very sweetly, well, I think we're too old to fund a Roth IRA. Right. And I can tell you this, if you're listening and you have earned income, you are not too old to fund a Roth IRA. And the little Jedi mind trick is, well, I have to then take money out of my income to get it into a Roth IRA. No, you don't. If you're 50 plus and have over $6,500 of earnings this year, and you've got that account that Mike's talking about, and your advisor said, hey, 
you you know you you pay your utility bill every month. You should invest in Nice Horse. So you've got some stock over there, right? You there's you can sell that and invest it in a diversified portfolio in your Roth IRA, or you could sell it and invest in Nice Horse in your Roth IRA. So you're not too old as long as you've got earned income, but you're not too young either as long as you have earn income. If you've got a child out there, or if this is your first job, you're listening right now, and you're in your first job, you need to be saving into a Roth IRA. I'll just make that decision right there, unless you're you know, a, a web developer teenager and you're making gazillions of dollars. It's most powerful for younger people, Absolutely. Isn't it? The longer that the money can grow inside of a Roth IRA, knowing that it's growing tax-free, tax-free. you'll never pay tax on the, the growth in that account. So why not give it many decades to explode for you and avoid taxes on all of it? And if you're, if you're thinking a collaborative approach. I just met with some folks last week and they said, well, you know, our son had about $1,400 in income last year. He's 18. And, you know, he put that into a stereo and some other really cool stuff. And I said, well, look, he's got, he can put $1,400 into a Roth IRA. And they said, oh, well, we can do that for him. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, be careful about enabling behavior. But if you do this in the context of collaborating with him and helping him get started on the path of accumulating wealth. It's that the $1,400 he made in 2017, it's use it or lose it. You fund the Roth IRA by April 15th of this year or that coupon goes away forever. You can tell just how passionate and excited we are about this. If, if, if This is really a dynamic decision, one you need to make each and every year as your income changes and tax laws changes. And if, if you are hearing this thinking, I don't know if I'm making the right decision, contact your certified financial planner. And this is not an infomercial for Corhorn Financial Group, but contact us. We would love to help you make this decision, get you on the right track. You can do so by visiting wisemoneyradio.com or giving us, giving us a call, 574-222-2000. And Mike, you're, you're talking specifically to the person who didn't fund a Roth IRA for 2017 and is wondering, should I? Yeah. Or should I fund it for 2018? If that's your question, call us. Yeah. The I'm also talking to you if you're wondering, well, gosh, you guys talk about this Roth IRA all the time. I'm no longer working, but I've got money in an IRA. Should I do a Roth conversion? That's another big choice that actually Congress has made a little bit more difficult because of the recent tax law changes. So let's frame that decision, guys. You know, the the spirit of moving money from an IRA to a Roth IRA is all about uh, trying to redeem those dollars in that traditional IRA, which have an IOU to the government attached to them. These are dollars that have never been taxed before, and you're going to pay tax on them. The question is, do you wait until you're fully into retirement and spending it, and that's when you pay the tax? Or should you do it early by shifting the money over to a Roth and taking the tax hit now? You would do that if you believe the tax hit now is a small one. That's right. So when you move money from your IRA to your Roth, it's called a Roth conversion. That is taxable. Anytime money comes out of your IRA, goes to your Roth, it, it's taxable. Now, if it goes directly there and you're under 59 and a half, there's no penalty. But I just told you it's taxable. So you might be tempted. Well, let me withhold for those taxes. If you're not yet 59 and a half, what you withhold for those taxes 
it's going to be penalized as well. So you need to watch out. There again, it's not an infomercial, but if you're considering the strategy, you've got to do it with a coach. You've got to do it with a certified financial planner who's also helping you with your taxes. This is interesting. I'm going to just quickly, we're, we're going to elaborate on this a little bit more, but let me talk to two of you right now. One of you, you're in a job where for some reason your income's down this year or will be down temporarily, but then you believe it's going to start going up. So you're in at your part-time because you're going back to school or you're um, in sales and income's down just a little bit, something like that where you're uniquely in a lower tax position and you know it's going to get higher you need to be considering a Roth IRA. The next person I'm talking to is if you're right about to retire. Oftentimes your income is rising and rising and rising throughout your career. You retire, your income drops, but then you're gonna restart income at some point. I'd encourage you to consider creating a little gap there and do some Roth conversions before you start that retirement income. There's a lot of power there. Oh, there's a lot, there's a lot to hit. What about a health savings account? That is an enormous tax decision that you've got to make. That and more on this Roth conversion coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thank you for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard next to Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn in the KFG studios. Thank you to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with Remax 100 for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. So far, we've been discussing the most important tax decisions, financial decisions that will impact your taxes. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us in a couple of different ways. Give us a call. Send us a text, 574-222-2000, online at wisemoneyradio.com, or on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, at Wise Money Radio. If you're catching the show on YouTube, do me a favor, real quick. Hit that thumbs up button and hit that subscribe button, that bell right there, so that Each time we're pushing out content, you're getting notified and you can catch up to it online. That's what I do. I told you I catch up on the shows to see how we're doing, see how everything's coming across and and looking for improvements. I do that on the YouTube channel and uh, my kids like watching it too, which who knows? I would have never thought that. But all right. The big, the big financial decision we're talking about right now that impacts your taxes is whether you should do a Roth conversion, shifting money from your IRA to your Roth. And really, we've we've kind of hit the why, but it's when. When would you consider this? Yeah, you know, one of the the hardest things as a financial advisor is to walk with a married couple through the process of one of the spouses passing away, Ooh. right? Uh, and, and every once in a while, we we have a client who finds out that they have a terminal illness of some sort, and. Uh, you know, it's heartbreaking. And, and we've done entire shows about that hard life transition that people go through. But it's a game changer on the surviving spouse's tax picture, too. Yeah. And, you know, throughout their married life, they may have been thinking, let's use a traditional IRA. Let's postpone the tax until we're in retirement. We're going to be in the lower tax bracket down the road. Let's pay the tax then. That That's traditional thinking. 
but the the thinking all changes when you realize that maybe one of the spouses is, is going to pass away yeah. and that surviving spouse then finds themselves in a totally different tax bracket because they're having different tax tables apply to them. Individual instead That's right. of joint. Yeah. The individual tax tables are different than the married filing joint tax tables. And so suddenly we, we may find an opportunity where, boy, if, if we've got a couple more years together, uh, should we be doing some Roth conversions to pay the tax now while we're in a joint tax return scenario? And that way the surviving spouse has some of this money that's already been redeemed. The taxes have been paid. They have a pool of dollars that they can tap into without a tax hit attached to it. And it's, it's just some careful, thoughtful, forward-looking planning to try to leave that surviving spouse in the strongest position possible. You got it. That's a tough decision. And, and, uh, and once again, you need a coach by your side to help you with that because emotionally, if I was going through that, Emotionally, that's the last thing I'd be thinking about. Totally. And, and yet um, you could do so to your own financial detriment because becoming a widower, widower, which, again, we serve a lot of folks that have gone through that, it is hard to pick up the pieces financially and make a plan to move forward. And um, we love serving folks and at, at that stage because there's such a great need and... Um, and they just need a lot of help. Yeah, so. that's the unique thing about what we get to do is that <clears throat> we've seen a strategy play out year after year after year after year after year. And then when mom and dad leave this earth and the children say, well, you know, dad had said he was doing some stuff with you, but we really didn't know. But, you know, three quarters of the money that we're getting is totally tax free because they've been converting from IRA, which means I've got to pay tax on all this, to Roth IRA, which means it's tax-free forever. And so the, when, the, when the light bulb finally goes on for the kids, it's amazing to see. But these strategies, really most of them, you need to be doing a little bit every year. That's right. It's not, mm -hmm. hey, I can just, I can catch it up. I can, I can skip it for 20 years and then go in on year 20 and fix it. No, there's, there's likely small things, fine tuning the carburetor that I need to be doing on an annual basis. So don't miss that opportunity to work with a tax planner. It'd be interesting <laughs> to look up the statistics on how many of today's seniors, re retirees, don't pay any taxes and are feeling really excited about it, right? Because what you just described was uh, a scenario where those parents mm -hmm. really should be paying some taxes now by doing this Roth conversion, moving money from an IRA to a Roth IRA, especially if they believe that they're going to be leaving money behind to the kids, and those kids could potentially pay much more in tax. Right, because a lot of times if we've, we've talked to the adult children, and they are talking about their parents' situation. They say, oh, my parents are great. They don't pay any taxes. We don't have anything to worry about. They don't pay any taxes. And then you bring the, the parents in, and you look at their tax return, and they didn't pay any federal taxes. And as a matter of fact, there's a negative there. Right. There's an amount of income that they could have had and still paid no taxes. And if you don't take advantage of that in the current year, you won't. It's gone. 
It's That's gone right. forever. So it's possible that you could have taken ten or fifteen thousand that was sitting in your IRA, moved it to your Roth IRA, and paid no taxes. So we're talking to you if you have parents or if you're paying no taxes. I would I would get a second opinion and confirm that's the best strategy because if you have any money that's tax deferred right now it's quite possible that's not the best strategy. Well, and you know, you may convince yourself that a missed opportunity like the one you just described, well, no harm, no foul, you know, I I could have paid a little bit of tax and helped my kids avoid paying a lot more tax. Eventually those things catch up to you or your kids. And so you, you don't want a lot of years going by where you miss opportunities. That is eventually costly to someone in your family tree. You got it. Absolutely. And this, this brings uh, up the point of multi-generational planning. I mean, just there, we had very difficult financial planning when you find out that someone's going to pass away sooner than you wanted. So uh, planning uh, for an early death and then multi-generational planning, oh, it's, there's just a lot here, and so much of it intersects with your taxes. What about this one? And talk about a little bit over time with the Roth conversion, just a little bit. You don't need to catch up. What about the health savings account? Mm-hmm. You've got a decision. If you have a eligible high-deductible health plan, you've got a decision to fund an HSA, health savings account. And here's the, here's the point. I led the show with oftentimes we make financial decisions in our life, but we're not really cognizant of how they're going to impact our taxes. DHSA is the perfect one. I used to make this decision. I think, how much money do I think I'm going to spend on my health expenses this year? And I'll just put that amount into my HSA. So if I think, hey, I'm going to go to the dentist twice and maybe get my flu shot, I don't know. I'll put 500 bucks in there. I'm good. No. No, this is a tax decision. So what do you guys think of that? It's also a cash flow decision, though, as well, right? Because you could be funding the daylights out of your health savings account at the detriment of an emergency fund or having the savings built up for known expenses that are coming down the line. And, you know, the, the, the one downside to the HSA is that um, when you are using it as a short-term savings vehicle, it's really meant to be exclusively used for health expenses, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's not the resource that you would turn to if, you know, the water heater uh, needs to be replaced or you need new brakes on the car or something like that. So if you're going to squirrel away money into an HSA, it needs to be, that, that decision needs to be done in the context of an overall budget to make sure that the other short-term needs are also funded as well. Absolutely. And a lot of times people are saying, I want to I fund these things. And you, you hear the idea. And so you say, hey, that's great. I've got a high deductible health plan. I want to fund an HSA. If you don't do that in the context of your overall financial plan, you put yourself, you get yourself caught short in cash is king. So you want to make sure you're managing your cash flow. But if you have a high deductible health plan and you have the resources to fund an HSA and let that money grow, you can actually invest that money. And so maybe we can pick that up. Well, we also have a great question here from Vicki. She's about to retire and she's looking at pulling some money out of her retirement account to pay off some debt as she goes into retirement. This is a common scenario. We're going to hit that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. 
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. When you retire, if you've got some debt, it's very tempting to take a chunk out of your retirement account and pay that debt off. In fact, it feels great when you do that. Should you do that? That is the question coming up here from Vicki. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard, next to Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn, coming to you from the KFG studios. Thanks for being with us. If you've missed anything so far, we've been talking about the most important choices you have to make in your financial life that impact your taxes. Couple ways you can catch up. One, you can go to the podcast on iTunes and Google, and Google Play. You've got to search Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, Corhorn with a K, then just subscribe to it. Just click that subscribe button. You'll get the notice going right to your phone every single time. Second is watch us on the YouTube channel. We've got the YouTube channel up and running. And if you're doing so right now, hit that thumbs up button if you're liking what you're hearing. And also hit that bell to subscribe and get those notifications there as well. You'll want to search Wise Money Radio on YouTube. Lastly, you can catch all the episodes right there on the website as well, wisemoneyradio.com. Okay. This entire show, it's tax season, it's timely, but we're also in the middle of a series talking about the real, the real stuff that you're dealing with in your financial life. What are the real choices that you need to make? And we're talking about those in the context of your tax picture. And we're bringing up a kind of tough one. How do you treat the health savings account if you have a high deductible health plan? Do you just fund the minimum amount that you think you're gonna spend, or should you fund as much as you can because of the tax benefits. So people come and work with us for clarity and confidence, but really what they're looking for is creativity. So if you're sitting there today and saying, my financial life has no creativity, find a certified financial planner that can bring creativity to your financial life. And a lot of times, complexity cloaks itself in creativity. So it's the Trojan horse. Complexity is trying to get in the gate and it it, cloaks itself in the idea that this is creative, this is different, this is something, and all it's going to do is uh, bring you regret Mm -hmm. because it brings complexity Mm -hmm. and and sometimes it brings complexity that you can't get out of or get away from for a long time. So we want we want to work towards simple simplicity. We want clarity and we want confidence. When we talk about the HSA conversation, the question is, should I fund it a, a little bit to cover my bills or should I fully fund it? And I've always said my approach has always been I want to fund the things that I can fund up to the limits that I get a benefit for it. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have the resources, I need to figure out a way to marshal more resources or reorganize my current resources in order to fund those to hit those, uh, the, hit the limits. So the, the thing, the creativity piece comes in is to say, should my HSA be used only for my medical expenses or could it be a retirement savings tool? Because yeah, that, that's, that's becoming a new strategy, right? When HSAs first came out, they were mostly offered by banks, and you were essentially dumping money into either a savings account or a checking account 
But now you have the ability to really truly invest those dollars for the long term Mm -hmm. and treat those dollars as future retirement assets similar to uh, a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA. When, When you line up all the different tax shelters that we've been talking about on the show today, in my opinion, the health savings account <clears throat> really could be one of the, the very best, yeah. right? Because it gives you a tax write-off in the year that you make the contribution and you get to pull it out tax-free. That's right. You get tax savings on the front end and the back end. It's the best of both worlds unless you look and say, well, I'm only going to spend 500 bucks probably this year on my medical expenses. Why would I put four grand in this thing? That... 3500 a year is just going to sit there. Well, no, you can invest it, actually. You shouldn't invest the money that you think you're going to use in the short term. But if you say, no, I'm not using this money in the short term and I'm overfunding this thing, you should consider investing it because it takes the best part of the IRA and the best part of the Roth and combines them. That is, you get the tax benefit when you make the contribution and it comes out tax-free if you use it for medical expenses. And by the way, if you don't have enough medical expenses bless you. You are lucky. Okay. (laughs) So you probably will have a lot of medical expenses, but if you don't in retirement after 65, you can actually pull that money out of your HSA for any reason. And you just have to pay tax on it. There wouldn't be a penalty, um, but it wouldn't come out tax free if it wasn't for medical. So I agree with Josh. If you lined them up, the HSA, funding the HSA might be the first or second, but it depends on your situation. Once again, you need to be doing comprehensive financial planning. Call your certified financial planner right now. If you don't have one, we'd love to help you. Give us a call. Find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. And the tricky thing about fully funding that HSA and using it as a retirement investment vehicle is I've had this conversation with my own lovely bride. And I've had this conversation with other clients and almost immediately when you say, hey, we're going to put $6,900 into this vehicle that a lot of times, at least in our situation, Lori is used to taking care of the medical expenses and, and managing that. So what it seems like to the spouse who's managing the medical expenses is I just got a $6,900 pay decrease in the budget. So it's, you- and so there's there's immediately some amazing energy that gets created if you do not <laughs> start this conversation uh, or manage it correctly. Yeah, and <laughs> once again, these these decisions need to be made in the context of your overall financial situation. So make sure the budgeting is there. All right, we're transitioning to questions from fans of the show, and they deal with taxes because it's tax time. Vicki, she's 62 from South Bend, wrote in and said, I am retiring at the end of March. Congratulations, Vicki. Very exciting. Nice job, And I'm going to take some money out of my 401k to pay off my mortgage and the car loan that I have, totaling about 60 grand between the two of them. Doing so would make me debt-free, which I want to be in retirement. How can I do that without getting hit so hard on taxes? Yeah, this is the struggle. A lot of people, there's just this emotion, and sometimes budgeting impacts this as well. In order to retire or retire the way I want, I can't have any debt or I shouldn't have any debt. I'm not going to disagree with you, although I've seen lots of people retire successfully with some debt. I'm not going to disagree that it'd be better to not have debt, but what you do need to think about is what those tax consequences will be. Yeah, Vicki, thanks for the question, by the way. But what we don't know is, are you single or married? So let's just go with the idea that you're married and you've got income. 
the taxes on that $60,000 that you pull out of your retirement plan are probably close to $30,000. Could be. So you probably then need to pull 90 out to end up with 60 to pay the taxes. So I think whenever I see this question, my mind always go my mind never goes to the, the answering the question that you're asking. My mind goes to creating another question. And my question is, Vicky, do you have to retire at the end of March? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because what I would think about Vicky at the at the risk of sounding like the you know the the guy that's not very fun to talk to at the party <laughs> is hey, I've gotten used to it. <laughs> is there a way that I could that Vicky that we could structure a plan to get you to pay off the sixty thousand dollars out of cash flow and get you completely uh, debt free going into retirement? But we haven't taken a huge chunk out of your retirement plan and paid taxes. Now, if you've got $3 million in your retirement plan, that might not be a bad idea, Vicki. But most folks don't have that luxury. So I, w- I would look and I would want to crunch and recrunch the numbers and look at the decisions that you're making and figure out. you Because you, it seems like the, the presenting problem and the decision that needs to be make, made is, is formed in this question. But I, this question to me creates a, a litany of other questions. Yeah, don't don't make this decision without first running a tax projection bare minimum. But better than that, make this decision in the context of a financial plan, because this isn't your only objective. Being debt free is a goal, but also not going broke in retirement's another one, right? Yeah. Making sure that you have the resources that you need it's it's all important. That is all discovered in the context of a financial plan where you analyze your financial life through multiple lenses. Around here, we believe those should all be coordinated into one plan. And this is the time, Vicki, if you haven't done it already, now is the time to revisit your retirement plan before making the final choice. How many plans? Love it. Thanks, guys. That is all the time we have for today, folks. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. On behalf of Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory, and all of us at KFG, my name's Mike Bernard. We will see you next week for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.